0: Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Maneman. And today is our season finale covering the exciting high school baseball season in and around the Dubuque area with our All-Dubuque team and our postseason awards. We are going to expand the roster and the team from four to eight, which was voted on online. And we're also going to include postseason stats, which was also voted online. Teams that are going to be covered are our eight Iowa teams, Hempstead, Waller, Western Dubuque, Senior, Cascade, Beckman, Bellevue, and Bellevue Marquette. Sorry and no disrespect to East Dubuque and the South western wildcats and how this was done is we are basing this on 2021 stats only we are not basing it on who's going where who's committed to play here who's getting professional looks whose dad i'm friends with whose mom or whose dad retweets or shares it the most who donates to the podcast. This is performance-based and performance-based only. The podcast does not end with this episode. We have tons of bi-weekly interviews that will be coming out on Tuesdays. So If you're not following us on social media, Instagram and Facebook, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, or at Coach Maneman on Twitter for the latest episode information and all Dubuque Area Baseball content. Now, let's meet our panel. I'm joined by, as always... The recruiter from Clark University, semi-pro superstar, who's now back into the batter's box for the Key West Ramblers. Fifteen and one since he's gotten into that batter's box after a slow start. Andrew Redman, welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast.
1: Thanks, Nick. Appreciate the uh, the introduction there. It's always a pleasure. Let's get this thing rolling.
0: And we're excited to have Jake Oglesby, who has recently stepped down from Bellevue Marquette, joining us on the podcast as well. Jake, (laughs) welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast.
2: Thanks, Nick. It's good to be on again.
0: Let's start off by talking about the first person to make the All-Dubuque team, and we're going to start with our catcher position. And catcher position right off the bat was probably the toughest position to pick because so many kids had great seasons. You had Ray Slasher from Senior, Christian Pruel from Bellevue, Marquette, Jack Walsh from Wallert, and Bryn Van Tiger from Western Dubuque all had great years, but earning the starting spot is going to be Owen Hewingard. Owen from Dyersville Beckman was second team all district. He hit 333 with an on base percentage of 436, seven doubles, three triples, two home runs, and he led all area catchers with 46 RBIs. Also had a huge walk off double in a playoff victory. Red, what can you tell us about Owen Hewingar from? dyersville beckman
1: from everything i've seen with owen uh he's just a gamer goes out there and plays hard for his team Uh, excited for him that he had a good year
0: i will also say i believe he's uncommitted would look great in clark blue let's go to the corner infielders first corner infielder no surprise by anybody western dubuque bobcat Sawyer Nauman. He was first team All-State, first team All-District, MBC Player of the Year, first team All-Conference. Sawyer was a senior first baseman. He led 3A and set the school record by hitting 548. He was 51 for 93 on the year. He also led 3A with 57 RBIs and had a slugging percentage of 1.14, and he ranked second in the class with 106 total bases. That was 19 doubles, 12 home runs. He also drew 31 walks with 12 hits batsmen. He only struck out seven times on the year. What can you tell us about Mississippi Valley all-conference player Sawyer nauman
1: Red? I mean, he put up one of the best seasons I think Iowa's really ever seen, uh, statistically speaking. Uh, another gamer, you know, Debbie kind of been known for having guys come out of that program. Cal Harris recently, um, come a, a couple of Lehman brothers, uh, and then Nate Ramler. So I'd say you put him on that list, probably pretty high on that list. So congrats to him on the good season. Wish he was going somewhere to play baseball, but uh, it is what it is.
0: And best of luck to him and his future. He's going to be a police officer. We need more uh, good people in that force, I understand. It's a profession where they're struggling to get people to be police officers. So, Stoyer, thanks for doing that. You'll do great things. Our other corner infielder from the starters is uh, Gavin Guns from Senior. One thing I love about Gavin is he was the biggest snub of our preseason team. He should have definitely been on it. We ran out of spots. Um, I kept him off it because uh, Gavin's a pretty humble kid. I knew he wouldn't get mad at me. His dad is a huge supporter of the podcast. I knew he wouldn't get mad at me, and he just went out and proved us wrong, Red. He had a Great season he came in, third-team All-State, first-team All-District, first-team All-Conference. And Gavin was a senior corner infielder. He batted 445 with eight doubles, one home run, 21 RBIs, 21 walks, and an unbased percentage of 543. He had 12 stolen bases on the year. Jake Oglesby from Bellevue Marquette, what can you tell us about Gavin Guns? You got to see him play a couple times.
2: You were saying, like I remember the preseason podcast and everything like that, you talking about him a little bit. cut my eye out for him. I kind of watched Senior a little bit closer just because Andrew Reese coached me at Waller a little bit.
1: I mean, he had a phenomenal
2: season when you're one hit away from that fifty hit mark on the year. Um, really just a great hitter all the way around, definitely one of the offensive catalysts for them. Yeah, nobody more deserving than that, I think, kind of where we're talking about position wise for him.
0: Red, what can you tell us about Gavin Guns from Senior?
1: Yeah, great season statistically, obviously. I think the one thing that uh, a lot of people might not know is he has a lot of respect with his teammates. Uh, a lot of his teammates really pull for him, and, and he does what the, what the team needs him to do. So uh, props to him on that. I think he'll, he'll be good for Co when he goes down there to play for them.
0: Congratulations, Gavin. And now we're on to the middle infielders. Middle infield was tough. A lot of guys had some great seasons. You had Cole Smith from Senior had an outstanding year. You had Asa Berthel from Bellevue Marquette hit over five hundred. But we got to go with uh, Kellen Strohmeyer. Kellen Strohmeyer shortstop for the Mustangs. He was first team All-State, first team All-District, first team All-Conference. Strohmeyer set the school record for hits in a season, beating... Alex Timmerman and co-host Andrew Redman, he's still a little salty about that. And he hit 427. 15 of those were doubles, 3 triples, 3 home runs, 32 RBIs, 19 walks. And he was a perfect 22 for 22 stolen base attempts. Red, I'm going to go to you first because the direct messages you were sending me about uh, you losing sleep over losing that hit record. uh, What can you tell us about Kellen Strohmeyer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't lose too much sleep over that one. I mean, he's a great, he's a great young man. Uh, I actually sent him a message. You know, I, I think, I, I honestly think next year he's got a chance to probably get 65 to 70 hits. Um Hopefully he just shatters that record so it's never broken again, but you never know. But uh, no, congrats to Kellen. Uh, he's got a bright future. Uh, wishing the best to him.
0: Jake, you said to me off camera that you are a big Kellen Strohmeyer fan. What can you tell us about my fan. What can you tell us about Kellen yeah, Strohmeyer?
2: Yeah, so uh, I met Kellen actually through his little brother Reed and my brother played baseball together. So I got to see Kellen kind of grow up a little bit, um, kind of see that hard work and development that he kind of underwent to become the player that he is. And, you know, when you talk about guys that absolutely deserve everything they're getting, I mean, he's one of those kids. I mean, he works his tail off. A um, lot of pressure when he first committed to North Carolina to kind of you know, answer the call of, like, this is the caliber of player you need to be. I think he hasn't disappointed anyone um, since then. I know he reopened his commitment, it looks like. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does. I think the sky's the limit for that kid. Um, he's definitely been taking advantage of his opportunities. It'll be interesting to see what he does with it. But just a fantastic year for them. I mean, it's no surprise that, you know, Hempstead's had the success that they've had with him being on the varsity team for sure.
0: We all love Reed. I had Reed in the classroom, outstanding kid. I'm curious to see what his high school career will turn out to be next middle infielder. And he moved between second base and the outfield. We have him as a middle infielder. I asked, Andrew Redman, if that was okay, and he he gave me the thumbs up, so we're rolling with it. It was uh, Jake Broges from Wallert High School. And Jake was first-team All-State, first-team All-District, first-team All-Conference. Jake was tied for the state lead regardless in class with 13 home runs and tied for third with 114 total bases. He batted three seventy eight with 10 doubles, 6 triples, 52 RBIs, and 21 walks. Red, what can you tell us about Jake Broges?
1: Yeah, Jake might be the most electric player on this list of guys. Saw him play quite a few times this summer at the state tournament, man. He was on uh, that righty that they faced from Winter Winterset. I mean, he was on his pitches, and he was 90 to 93. So he's he's going to have the ability to play at a high level in college. Excited for his future. co has got a good one.
0: Jake, what can you tell us about Jake Brocious?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's almost it's almost comical when you look at who he was last year statistically, like this year. It's just like out of you know, just came out of absolutely nowhere and just really just took the conference by the horns. I mean, you know, Wallard obviously had a magical season. And I think whenever something like that happens, there's always that one player you can point to on the team that really just led the way and carved that path for him to make sure that they had that magical season. I mean. 52 RBIs on the season, it's just absurd. Like, that kid was just a walking RBI every time he got up. You know, even the games down the stretch where I was able to watch a little bit more of as our season was winding down. I mean, I think every time there was an RBI opportunity, that kid was smoking a double in the gap, like Red was saying, catching up to really good pitching and handling it really well. Um, yeah, he's going to have, I would think, just a fantastic college career. That transition for him is going to be great. Um, really excited to see what he does, obviously. It was a lot of fun to watch as a former Wallard alum to kind of see him take him that distance there to state tournament game and uh, yeah I mean hopefully they can keep building off that but he's definitely set the bar high I think for you know best you know single season performances at Wallard for sure. A
0: couple things I noticed that the coach and me saw is uh, independence in the sub state. Uh, finale was playing him on the warning track, and to get that many RBIs from the leadoff spot is crazy. So shout out to those guys at the bottom of the order, especially his brother for getting on base and driving him in. We're going into the small school territory here again. We're going into the outfield, and we have somebody that Coach Oglesby knows very well Brady Templeton from Bellevue Marquette Catholic. He was third-team All-State, second-team All-District. He was the Conference Player of the Year on his side of the division. He hit 527 with 12 doubles, one triple, 29 RBIs, 25 stolen bases. Jake, what can you tell us about this University of Dubuque commit? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to just pure athleticism, I think, you know, Brady definitely is at the top of our list here and just in terms of what his physical ability allows him to do. Um, He was huge for us, obviously. I mean, he had a, such a great year in the leadoff position. I think, you know, once he get into, you know, lower division, especially with us in 1A, like, you know, once he get to the bottom of the lineup, those guys really have to grind to get to the top of the order, you know, pass the torch off, and he's still getting 29 RBIs. Uh, only two behind his brother there on the year in the leadoff spot. Um, He was huge for us. Our offense wouldn't have been half of what it was without him. Uh, Always on base. As you can see, he's always scoring runs, stolen bases. He had plenty of those. I think he was in the plus 20s there. So, yeah, he was fantastic for us. I mean, that kid works his tail off. And no Red knows him a little bit too. Um, The transformation he underwent – from last year to this year physically, just to be the best that he can be to go be a college player, knowing he's going to make up for some uh, competition deficit sometimes and put himself in those positions. He definitely has. I'm excited to watch him. I'm glad he's staying at UD selfishly, or at least in the area, so I can keep an eye on him and reach out to him pretty easily.
0: Red, what would you like to say about Brady Templeton from Bellevue Catholic?
1: Yeah, I know Brady from my time at DRBA. Yeah, kind of just going off what Jake said, uh, he's just a very gritty player. Uh, gets after it. Athleticism's through the roof. Uh, yeah, I'm just really happy for him because I know he's worked really hard uh, for everything he's gotten. So excited to follow him at UD, and they've got a they've got a good one there too.
0: Now our next player. A lot of these players are dual players, double threat players, meaning they also pitch as well. I had to turn off some commenting on social media about this this next post about where I put him. But I want to say our next player is an outfielder. He is also the Mustangs ace of the staff. And if this team would go play some games, he would be at the top of the pitching rotation. But we're going with Logan Rundy as our second outfielder from the Hempstead Mustangs. He was second team All-State, first team All-District. First team all-conference, here are his batting statistics. Rundy batted 414 with 12 doubles, 3 triples, 3 home runs, 40 RBIs, and he was 11 for 11 on stolen bases, had 26 walks, and had an on-base percentage of 552. Red, what can you tell us about Logan Rundy from Hempstead?
1: yeah he's just an all-around threat like you said i mean on the mound he was really good for him obviously at the plate the stats are are really phenomenal he was on base all the time was able to drive in runs yeah i i think he's you know he's top five player in this area uh from that perspective so good luck to him at iowa western
0: yeah he had a phenomenal year both in the outfield and on the mound now our last outfielder and this was tough I have to tell you, this outfield spot was tough, and there were three or four guys that that could have taken this, and it just it just came down to what do you what do you value more as as a baseball enthusiast. Um, there were a couple guys that could have went in this spot, but I went with Ryan Brogius from Wallert, Jake's little brother. He was second team all district. He had a three eighty three. On base, I'm sorry, batting average and an on base percentage of 480 from the nine hole. He had seven doubles, five triples, 13 RBIs, was a perfect 20 for 20 on the base path, and scored 27 runs. Red, what can you tell us about Ryan Broges?
1: Yeah, obviously, Ryan's a big reason why Jake had so many RBIs. You know, he's getting on base all the time. Uh, I'll never forget that game at state against Winterset. He hit a ball to the right center gap and the center fielder dove for it and the right fielder was able to pick it up and he was running first base. And before I knew it, he was, he was standing up at third base. It was just like this dude could fly. So he's got a bright future. Uh, he works hard, gets after it, catches, you know, obviously going to do what he does coaching him. So yeah, looking forward to seeing more games out of him.
0: Now, the utility spots, and last year we just took the best available player, whether they were utility or not. This year, I went based on utility, so a guy that had multiple tools, that played multiple positions, and I'm going with Jack Walsh from Wallert, who caught for Wallert Catholic, also played third base for Wallert Catholic, and also was a pitcher for Wallert Catholic, and his honors this year were third-team All-State, first-team All-District. He batted 380 with seven doubles, 26 RBIs, 19 walks, and an on-base percentage of .521 while scoring 35 runs. On the mound, he was 3-1 and with an ERA of one eighty on the mound. Jake, what can you tell us about Jack Walsh from Wallert?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I did get to talk to Tish a little bit, um, at, you know, towards the end of the year, at the end of the year. And I, you know, I asked him about Jack Walsh and everything. And, you know, I don't think you have, you know, magical seasons without kids like Jack on your team. Just that model of consistency, that, you know, leadership. And I mean, he's only a sophomore, so I'm, he's gonna, I think he's just really gonna blossom in that program with Tish. Um, you know, I think, you know, especially at the catching position, um, that is something that Waller has just been phenomenal at producing and producing good leaders and things out of that. Um, yeah, I think you, when you look at, you know, these great runs that people have, you need to have kids like Jack to do it. You know, that leader, vocal leader, uh, field director, all those things like that. And I think he definitely stepped up in, you know, a very big role for a sophomore, I think that most wouldn't be ready for that. He was definitely ready to go and
0: read I know. I believe he's uncommitted. He'd look good in Clark Blue. What can you tell us about Jack Walsh from Wallard?
1: Yeah, I think he's still uncommitted. But man, what a surprise! It was fun watching him this summer. Uh, his future's bright. Uh, yeah, Wallard. You know they're losing a few guys, but you know with Jack and Ryan and a few of those guys coming back, they've, I think next year obviously Savory and, and Tommy see what he decides on. But yeah, I, I'm excited for that Waller group.
0: Now we go to the pitching staff and how the pitching staff is different this year from the preseason team the team last year. Is Since we added four more teams, we added more pitching spots. So in the preseason one, we only had five pitchers. This year we're going to go with 11 pitchers. There were 11 pitchers in the area that had some outstanding seasons. Ace of the staff, hands down. Red and I called it in the preseason one. I got a lot of flack for it, but I just want to say that I was right. Okay, I was I was right. So everybody that was messaging me stuff saying that I'm an idiot and I know nothing about baseball. I was right on this one. Okay, Aaron Savory, ace of the staff. Maybe he'll be the pitcher of the year. I don't know. You have to listen to the rest of the episode to find out. But Aaron Savory recently just committed to the Iowa Hawkeyes. First-team All-State, first-team All-District, first-team All-Conference. He went 9-1 with an ERA of 1.27. He had 96 strikeouts and 66 innings of work, and opponents hit 136 off him. Red, what can you tell us about Aaron Savry from Wallert?
1: Yeah, you were right on this one. I guess we were right on this one, yeah. He lived up to expectations that you know we thought he would, and I, he definitely exceeded those. Really excited for him and his commitment to the Hawkeyes. I know that's really the big place he wanted to go, so Iowa Hawkeyes have got a heck of a player coming their way, and uh, we'll see what he can do next year.
0: Jake, what can you tell us about Aaron Sabry? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty cool to watch him grow up. I played with his oldest brother, Alex, and Um, you know, that family was really just,
2: if you know the Savvy, it's all about baseball all the time. Um, and what's always interesting is the brothers always learned from each other. So, you know, Alex went to BV and was D3, and then you saw Austin go to the state and get, you know, that next step up, and now you see Aaron kind of learn from both of them. And, um, you know, being able to advance farther, that D1 commitment is huge for him. I know the Hawkeyes was always something that he wanted to do growing up, um, Really cool to watch him. I mean, I remember Alex telling me when Aaron was eight years old that he's going to be the best out of all of us. He's already more talented than us. Like, he's faster, he's stronger, like all this stuff. So it's really cool just to see him, you know, take advantage of all the opportunities he's been given. The kid works hard. He's a good kid. Um, Really happy for him. Really happy for their family just knowing them for as long as I have as well. So...
0: He also had a great year offensively. Now, the rest of the pitching staff, I just went in clusters of school. So this isn't the one through five. This isn't the bullpen. This is just in the order that I pulled the stats from varsity bound. But we have uh, Jared Walter, Aaron's teammate from Wallard, and he was second team all district. He went five and three in 60 innings pitched. He had 67 Ks. He had an ERA of 2.80, and opponents hit 2.10 off him. Red, what can you tell us about Jared Walter?
1: Yeah, Jared has really been a staple in that pitching staff since he was a freshman. You know, he's, I think, probably pitched more games than anybody on that staff, and they're going to be losing a guy that was just flat-out consistent for him. So, great great prep uh, career for for Jared, and good luck to him in the future with whatever he decides to do.
0: Now we have a trio from Cascade High School. The ace of the staff, Eli Green. Eli had quite a season from Cascade. He was first-team All-District. He had a perfect game, and in that perfect game, he also had an immaculate inning, which is nine pitches, nine strikes, three outs, all three recorded by strikeouts. He was 6-1 and in 44 innings. He had 78 Ks. He had an ERA of 1.26. Opponents hit 103 off him. Red, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about Eli. You could not stop talking my ear off about him before I hit that record button. What can you tell us about Eli Green of Cascade?
1: Yeah, Eli's, Eli's a great young man. Southeastern's getting a, a guy that's going to have a ton of upside. Uh, obviously had a great year for Cascade, but uh, I'm really excited for his future. I think that uh, the sky's the limit and uh, whatever he wants to do, he's going to be able to do. So good luck to Eli. Good luck to, uh, he's actually down with the Legion team right now. So good luck to those guys came back yesterday for a big win and hopefully they can keep things rolling.
0: Red, stop me if you've heard me say this before, but after his two years are done at Southeastern, I think he'd look good in Clark Blue.
1: Yeah, I think he'd look really good in Clark Blue. So, yeah, I'm going to be following him pretty close.
0: The next two guys from Cascade, we have Caleb Topping. Caleb Topping was 3-1 in 30 innings of work. He struck out 24, had an ERA of 2.60. Opponents hit 173 off him. His teammate, Jack Carr, was second team all district. He was 5-2 in 43 innings of work. He struck out 48, had an ERA of 2.79, and opponents hit 1.84 off him. Next we have... A couple from Bell. I'm sorry, from Beckman, and it was Nick Offerman. He was second team all district. He was two and one in 43 innings of work. He struck out 40, had an ERA of 1.79. Opponents hit 188 off him. And his teammate Bryce Buckhalter. He was five and one in 43 innings of work. He struck out 37 with an ERA of 2.44, and opponents hit 186 off him. Next, we have Ryan Klosterman from Western Dubuque. He was 5-2 in 38 innings of work. He struck out 29, had an ERA of 2.21, and opponents hit 277 off Ryan. Next, we go to the Hempstead Mustangs, two members from the Hempstead Mustangs, Lane Wells, from Hempstead was 5-1 and one in 36 innings of work. He struck out 29, had an ERA of 3.37, and opponents hit 166 off him. And then Brock Booth. Brock Booth was 6-1 and one in 45 innings of work. He struck out 37, had an ERA of 3.42. Opponents hit 190 off him. And Red, you had something to mention about Brock Booth.
1: Yeah, Brock was just always that guy for them that would go out and give him a chance to win. Uh, obviously, the, the stats reflect that, but opponents hit just above 190 off him. He was going to go in there and challenge guys and, and give them a good shot. So uh, really happy for Brock and, and obviously really happy for the Mustangs this year.
0: Red, stat me if you've heard me say this before. I believe Brock is uncommitted. How do you think he'd look in Clark Blue?
1: Yeah, he is uncommitted, and uh, yeah, he looked great. I know uh, we've got quite a few really good players from this area right now that are uncommitted that are going to be getting some calls from me. So.
0: The, I love yep. that Clark is NAIA because if you were NCAA, we would be violating every single rule with this podcast. But NAIA, we can do this stuff, correct?
1: Oh, yeah, the podcast is good.
0: Yeah, nobody listens anyway, so it's good. Nobody's going to catch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last guy also was up there possibility for a catcher he had a great year from senior last pitcher to make the staff is Ray Slosher from the senior Rams he was second team all district first team all conference on the mound he went four and two with an ERA of 1.47 he had 28 strikeouts in 38 innings of work and opponents hit 178 off Ray now those right there would be our starters. Those right there would be our pitching staff based on how they perform this year. Now, I gave uh, Coach Oglesby and uh, Andrew Redmond an opportunity to fill out our roster. We know that each team has to have some guys uh, come off the bench. So Jake, who are some guys that you pulled that had some outstanding years that we need to mention to be on this team as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I definitely looked at it from a perspective of getting somebody off the bench that, you know, like the game situation needs something out of them. Um, You know, I know I'm going to steal this one from Red that we agreed on, but Cole Smith, 100 percent, I think, should be on that list uh, coming off your bench there. Um, Outstanding leader from everything that I've heard um, and just watching him play model of consistency for that kid, you know. Some guys might have had a little bit better seasons than them this year, but that doesn't take away from who he is as a player by any means, I don't think. Uh, Christian Pruill, probably the one that I'll be a little bit biased of with my own guy. Um, that kid just – I would trust him in any situation, I think, when it just comes to executing, when it comes to you know needing something done the right way um, as well. And then I was uh, looking at uh, Hempstead's team as well, um, You know, might not have the batting average, but John Cornelius for them, 38 RBIs, um, you know, you need someone to score runs. You know, and it looks like he did that throughout the year for him, did well. Um, So that's also who I I would have for my third guy there coming off the bench.
0: All right. Red, you had quite the list of guys. So who were some guys that you thought would be great to add to this squad?
1: Yeah, uh, starting at WD, I would say Tucker Nauman and, and Tiger out there had really good years. Those would be two great guys to have off the bench for, uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, and then I would say a uh, future Clark member, uh, Trey Shaver. Uh, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, we're excited to have him, but, um, you know, he was a good guy for the middle of that lineup. So definitely would say, you know, put him on the bench and have him as a guy that can come off and, and fill a role. Uh, Jake had a couple guys at his place, Zach Templeton and, uh, is it Aza Berthel? Uh, those guys had really big years. Uh, like he was talking about, Zach uh, had quite a few RBIs, and a lot of that was due to Brady being on base for him. So those would be guys that I would add to that bench.
0: Awesome. Thanks for doing that, guys. I want to thank the, um, Th for giving me the bios. They did a great job of covering high school baseball this year. I'd also would like to thank uh, Stacy Eichman and Carrie and Vaske and some of the other great photographers that shared their pictures with me. Now let's get into the um, postseason awards, and I do want to say this that. One player is going to win one award, so there will not be one player that wins multiple awards. Even though it it could be a possibility that it could be a clean sweep, we just want to recognize as many kids as possible. So first award we have is the Kevin Romberg MVP. Aaron Savory had a great year offensively, had a great year on the mound. Jake Broges had a great year offensively. But when you look at Sawyer Nauman and the year he had, and Western Dubuque did not schedule any cupcakes. They were playing the best 4A schools in non-conference and then also in that Mississippi Valley. So you look at what he did where he ranked in offensive categories with the kids in this area that we covered, the 10 teams, and then also in the state. Uh, Sawyer Nauman from Western Dubuque, congratulations on being named the um, Kevin Romberg MVP, and he made every single person around him better. Next, we have the Rambler Offensive Player of the Year Award, and it is going to be awarded to Jake Broges from Waller Catholic high school. Jake had a phenomenal year. He ranked toward the top in the state in most offensive categories, tied the state lead in in home runs, tied for the school record in home runs, and just had an outstanding year. It's crazy, Red. You remember when we were making those wild predictions for our season preview and I said he was going to beat Riley McCarron's stolen base record? Well, He did beat a record. It wasn't the stolen base one. It was the home run one, which is crazy to think of a guy to do that without hitting a varsity home run. Next, we have the Joe Horner Pitcher of the Year Award, and it is going to Aaron Savory from Wallert Catholic High School. This next one was a difficult one. And uh, it's the Varsity Newcomer Award. And there were quite a few guys that had outstanding years that were new to Varsity this year. And we are going to award the Varsity Newcomer to Jack Walsh. Congratulations to Jack on an outstanding year. And then I renamed this Award. It used to be the Ed Fan Coach of the Year. That was when we were covering four schools. This time we covered eight schools. We're going to call it the Tom Jink Junior Coach of the Year Award to get uh, Dyersville Beckman in there. And um, this was a tough one. You look at what Hempstead did; they went to state. You look at what Wallert did; they went to state. You know Beckman had a great run. Jake Oglesby, I'm going to toss a bone to him. He had a great year as well, but. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something about him as well, but I I'm giving it to uh, Corey Tisher from uh, Wallard Catholic High School. And when you look at what they did, um, I pulled this from their Twitter account. They were the 3A state runner-up, sub-state champs, 32 wins, which was the most in program history. 19 conference wins, six all-conference selections. Three All-State selections. Red, I'm going to ask you first. Would you make? Would you agree with me on all of those awards to make them unanimous? Or do you think uh, somebody else should have uh, jumped in there and taken any of those awards?
1: No, no, I, I agree with all those. Uh, yeah, you know, to your, to your last point with with Coach Tish. You know, I, I think it's amazing what they did, especially after Tommy left uh, to go do some of his travel ball stuff. Uh, you know, they're they're missing the number one, not just the number one player in the area, but the number one player in the state. And for them to go on that run and do what they did, obviously, you know, all the players had to step up. But, you know, Coach, Coach Tish had to play a big role in that as well. So congrats to all the players that you listed and congrats to Coach Tish.
0: Yeah, I believe they went seven and one after Tommy had left, going on a on a great run there. Now, Jake Oglesby from Bellevue Marquette, would you agree to make all of those award winners unanimous, or would you like to throw somebody else in there?
2: No, I think you nailed it. Um, yeah, I mean, especially with uh, Tish being coach of the year, especially. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have anyone that I would think that should take any of those spots there. So,
0: And you had a great Facebook post about Wallert's run, and you are a Wallert Catholic alum. What would you like to say to the Wallert Catholic program and, and Coach Tischer on on his award and, and the great job that uh, him and his team did?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, just to kind of recap the post— um, I was there in 2015 when we made our first state appearance out of Tish's runs here. Um, And anyone that knows that team knows that we did not have the talent to, you know, get to the championship game. I mean, we had the team chemistry to get the state, and that was kind of where our ceiling was. And the one thing I've always said about Tish is that there is nobody that I have ever been around that can create a better team dynamic than what he does. Buy in, believe in yourself, believe in the team. You know, no egos, all that kind of stuff. I mean, since he's taken over, he has just been a phenomenal, phenomenal high school coach. Um, best in the area, best in the state by far, I, in my opinion, might be a little biased. But just seeing how he continuously takes the next step, you know, with teams. And now, you know, he has the culture piece down. Now he's getting the talent. The dude's going to win state. I was, I would think at least more than once by the time he's done, I mean, he is just too good at what he does. He has that reputation of, you know, you get on the ship and we're going to go somewhere, you know, and you buy in this is how it's going to be. And trust me, it's going to work. And, you know, to the Waller community, I, I don't think they could be any luckier. I think we're definitely in one of the best coaching eras for Waller baseball that we'll probably ever see from Jerry to him. So, um, Couldn't be more excited. I really couldn't. I mean, this is a fantastic year. It sucks to lose a state championship game, but, you know, for the longest time, Waller couldn't even break into the state tournament game. And since he's, you know, kind of taken over the helm, it's something that just is an expectation at this point. So couldn't be more excited for those kids. They got a great, great thing going. And credit to those kids, too, because, you know, as coaches, you guys know that you can't do without your players. So hats off to them for sure.
0: Congratulations to everybody who made the team, all of our award winners and Wallert Catholic on Coach Tisher being named Coach of the Year. Don't forget to check out our upcoming episodes here in the offseason bi-weekly interviews with some of the best stories and top players from the area. Thanks for listening. 643. We're out of here.